Hello and welcome to episode 99 of the Viva Albertos podcast. My name is John Fleming. I'm a writer and editor at Viva Albertos. I am joined as always by fellow writer and editor at Viva Albertos, Heather Simon. How are you doing, Heather? Good. How are you? Doing okay. Um, so the uh, Cardinal season's not looking uh, super great right now. We um, Unfortunately, after last episode, I feel like we're under some obligation to actually talk about the Cardinals. I don't think we can go two episodes in a row totally dismissing them, but... Well, some trivia later on with um, at least one special guest. We're yeah. we're so prepared. We're not totally sure how many special guests we're going to have. At least one of them is currently acting as our uh, cane wrangler, <laughs> which means that the guest is uh, sitting on Heather's couch, making sure that Kane doesn't act the fool, as the kids put it. <laughs> Episode ninety nine, though, it's pretty exciting. We're almost to one hundred. We are almost there. It's exciting times. Some, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive, indeed, for episode 99 of the Viva Albertos podcast. Um, so, I was wondering, who, what, if you hear the number 99, like, who do you think of? Who's, like, your main association with the number? Jay-Z. Oh, for the, the problems? You don't yeah. think... Okay, what athlete would you think of... First so and foremost. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of So Toguchis. I feel like, I mean, it's pretty much So Toguchi or Wayne Gretzky, I think, is the association. <laughs> I guess Wayne Gretzky. So, so, or, you know, um, So Toguchi. You, yeah. See, some of us go with, like, the greatest hockey player ever. Some of us go with the uh, utility outfielder for the Cardinals in the 2000s. But I guess this just shows that you have more Cardinals bona fides. Have you seen the picture of him? After the World Series with his baby, it's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I can't. Well, sure. I've also seen the picture of Chris Duncan after the World Series. It doesn't mean that my first association with uh, number 16, I I'm think I'm not saying was. that's why. Okay. I'm just saying it's really cute, and I found an excuse okay. to bring it up. Look it up. Look up Sotoguchi Baby 2006 World Series. You won't be disappointed. I mean, you might be. It, I guess it depends, what, it depends what you like. But, I mean, Aaron Judge is also number 99, so it's not like there's no 99s anymore. And Turk Wendell was number 99 in the late 90s. He had the... You don't remember Turk Wendell with, like, the weird, like, fossil necklace? Nope. Does our guest remember Turk Wendell? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. Okay, so, <laughs> so some somebody who is um, closer in age to me than to you remembers Turk Wendell, but you, you were missing out on the Turk Wendell era. I'm sorry. I feel bad about it. I think I said Turk Wendell like five or six times before we've mentioned the name of an actual current St. Louis Cardinal. So we're doing pretty good on procrastinating, even if yeah. not... intentional. ...quite to the level of last week. But anyway, though, the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, as it currently stands, are... They're in third place in the National League Central. They're very close to second place. I'm, that, that part's not as big of a stressor. They're a half game back in Milwaukee, who they'll play later this week in a three-game series, but... They're six games back at the Chicago Cubs, which was the result of the last week's events. And the Cardinals went four and two this last week, so it's not like it was a disaster. But you know, the Cardinals have put themselves into a situation where they really had to step it up. They really had to win every game. Yeah, like they win could, all of the games. Like obviously, if the Cardinals had played at a four and two pace the entire season, they win 108 games. They would sail into the playoffs. They'd have home field advantage, all that. But that wasn't going to cut it based on the way the season's turned out for them. but So it's not looking... Uh, I, I personally don't think it's looking good. You're the resident optimist, so if you'd like to try to convince me that the Cardinals have a good chance... Or a good even chance really, at the, the playoffs or the division? What am I supposed to convince you of? Um, well, I guess the division first. Okay, the well... The playoffs will be a little bit easier. The division... 
there's still a path, and that path is sweeping the Cubs. If they don't sweep the Cubs, then I'm writing off the division completely. You don't say. Yeah. You don't say that <laughs> if the Cardinals enter the last three games of the season ten games back of the Cubs, you don't think they're going to... Yeah. Okay. If they don't sweep the Cubs, then I... Oh, oh I, I, was, I misheard you. I thought you were saying if the Cardinals got swept by the Cubs. No, if they don't sweep the Cubs, yeah. I'm writing off. So if they lose one game to the Cubs, then I'm letting go of the division. Yeah. But there's still a path. And because they sweep the Cubs, there are two games back with three, four games to play. Correct. Well, there'd be three games to play because they would have the series against Milwaukee. There would be two. I games. thought that was a four-game series. No, it's a four-game series against the Cubs. Oh, three games vice against versa. Milwaukee. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So if they sweep the Cubs, then they're two games back with three to play. And you know, who knows? Who do the Cubs play? Who do they play after the Cardinals? Yeah, that I do not remember. Let me go ahead and pull that up. It's not the Dodgers. Probably. It's somebody who's not great, I don't think. They play the Reds. <laughs> the Reds. The Red. Where at? Um, at Wrigley. Ooh. Not looking great, is it? No, but I mean, okay. it can happen. The Reds are have a, kind of a... They're sort of a scary team in that they have a deceptively good offense, especially if Billy Hamilton's back. At, yeah, well, but Billy Hamilton's only good against the Cardinals, so that... But I mean, still. Their pitching is disastrous, though. Their, pit, like, their pitching is disastrous. They're in Wrigley. Like, their offense is know. fine. You have Joey Votto. You have you Scott Schebler, who apparently is, like, an even better version of Billy Hamilton against the Cardinals, it yeah. seems. They have uh, Zach Kozar, um, um, Duvall, Adam Duvall... I can't oh. think of anyone else right now, but they have decent a decent offense, um, and I could see that team putting a lot over the fence in Wrigley, yeah. especially since the Cubs pitching isn't that great, and the Reds pitching isn't that great. Well, I think it'll be a offensive slugfest, and we'll just see what happens. It could happen. They could if the Cardinals went out and the Cubs lose two against the Reds, all of a sudden look, it's tied. So, do you want to play the game on baseball prospectus playoff odds? I'm guessing. So, what do you think the Cardinals' division odds are right now? 2%. They are 0.4%. Okay. Which, granted, better odds than Milwaukee has. Milwaukee's at 0.1, but the Cubs are at 99.5. So, yeah. not, not awesome. Uh, what would you guess their odds of getting a wild card? Which, in this case, Arizona's clinched the first wild card, so it would be wild card number two. What would you guess their odds are? 24%. 10%. You are you are an optimist, I must say. But so the wild card is not impossible, but you know, as those odds imply, it's going to be difficult at this point. The Cardinals, Rockies tr- play the Dodgers. Yes, yeah. I knew someone played the Dodgers that we needed the car- to lose. So we need to depend on the Dodgers once again in the last weekend of the seat. Yeah, I hate doing that. Just it, win it, all the games. We're done so well last year, but the Cardinals—they're two and a half back of Colorado, and they're as I mentioned, half a game back in Milwaukee and. Every other team in the NL is mathematically eliminated. So they're in the final six, and or final seven, I should say, which makes it sound less good, I guess, than final six. But but still, I mean, it's September, there are meaningful games of baseball yeah. being played. As I've mentioned repeatedly on the podcast, like this is the playoffs, essentially, mm-hmm. and it's worthwhile and it's fun to be able to have games that mean something rather than if you were, you know, for instance, we were checking out the games that are on... Uh, MLB TV right now. Oh, I thought the menu was still up. But like there, there are games going on that just do not mean anything whatsoever. Let me, let me pull up the games that are going on tonight. So, for instance, tonight you have Braves-Mets. 
Like, Braves-Mets means absolutely nothing from a playoff perspective. It means something, I guess, from, like, a draft perspective, but that's not as fun to get excited for. Or you have, you know, let's see, who do they have here? I guess most of the games are somewhat meaningful because the AL's still kind of loaded, but, like, Mariners are probably out of it against the A's. I think they are. Because I just saw a tweet that said that the Mariners' playoff streak... Playoff list okay, yeah, they are streak. At, they are officially at zero percent. Yeah, the Texas Rangers are at point one percent for a wild card and zero percent for the division because that division's been clinched. But so it goes, and the the Mariners' playoff list streak would be old enough to drive. Granted that there are no other playoff list streaks older than seventeen years or something in the well, car. It's been or younger than. That's a Meg um, Meg Rowley tweet. Well, it probably depends on the state because there's certain laws on that. But in Illinois, that's how it is. If you're under 17, you can't have anyone under 16 as a passenger in your car unless they are a relative. Glad we've hammered out the driving laws in Illinois. I was... They're very strict. You also have to have your learner's permit for nine months and have like 50 hours driving. Yeah, Missouri's, Missouri's only six months, so... We got the, uh, I guess we're a little bit more reckless with handing out permits. I looked at the stats. Not reckless, but there, per, per capita, there's more uh, deadly crashes over here and just accidents in general, considering Illinois has a yeah. lot more people. I want to give a quick shout out to my friend Mark, who listens to the podcast, who texted me while we were recording, listening to the pod on my transatlantic flight this week, so the longer the better. So we've done a good job so far. We're at about 10 minutes of not really discussing too much content. We talked about some of the important issues in baseball, such as Illinois driving laws and <laughs> the Seattle Mariners playoffs. That's Because right. the Mariners, I guess they haven't made it since 01, have they? That's That would be 16 years. So, yeah, I, I would. Yeah. Well, they, they won 116 games that year, so they had a, a good last run, but they uh, their, their regression didn't quite work out so well. But to break down the games on a more... Uh, specific level. The Cardinals, they swept the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati on the Tuesday through Thursday series. I, enjoy, I enjoyed that part, yes. And then they uh, went to Pittsburgh. They won on Friday and that was good. Juan Nicasio got, I believe, his third save against the Pirates, which considering he was on the Pirates until the last week of August is absolutely an unbelievable statistic. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this was basically what he was acquired for, was just for the narrative of him getting saves against his old team. I'll take it. And unfortunately, though, Saturday and Sunday were not so good. I did not see the game on Saturday. You did. It was bad. It was a bad game. So, like, Lance Lynn statistically was not very good, and I had... People were, like, re-digging out the post I made a few weeks ago about how Lance Lynn was historically lucky this year because his ERA is so much lower than his fielding independent pitching. Mm -hmm. And his ERA, I looked at it yesterday, was noticeably higher than yeah. I had remembered it. So Yeah, it was just hit after hit. And then the bases were loaded. The Pirates had scored three already. The bases were loaded. No one was warming, which brought to mind the post that Tyler wrote a couple days before this about Mike Matheny taking too long to pull his starters. Yeah. Definitely should have had someone, I think, warming up, um, because then, I mean, there was hindsight, but people were calling for Lynn to be out of there way before. Yeah, I, I feel like if this, and I'm, 
I'm not a Tony Larusa apologist by any means, but I feel like if they had that sort of sense of playoff urgency under Larusa, there'd been somebody warming up like right away, just because yeah. that's just sort of the way he went. I, th- I think sometimes to a fault. To yeah. Clear, but. Well, that and it's it's like I can understand sometimes those things happen really quickly and there's not time. That there was a lot of time because what was there like? Not, I mean. There weren't any outs yet, so there was probably four or five or six hits in a row. It wasn't like people, and they weren't like they were blooping it. It were it, it was they were significant hits. It just it was just bad. It was not fun to watch. Kane and I watched it, and how was Kane? Was Kane upset about it? He was no. Oh yeah, I was tweeting from the Viva Alberto's account that night because I noticed that no one was tweeting from it. I was sitting here watching this horrible game, so I figured, why not? And Kane was not mad. He was disappointed. I actually... Posted, he was actually laughing, I'm sure. No, yeah. I posted pictures of him to the account to uh, cheer everyone up. Poor, poor you. I was too busy being at the 51-14 Auburn over Mizzou football game instead. So, not a second straight weekend of my team's getting annihilated simultaneously. I'm from Illinois. I'm an Illini fan, so I feel no sympathy for you as far as your college football woes. Oh, oh! now you're an Illini fan. You're wearing a Notre Dame shirt right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. It's my grandma's team. Well, it's it's good to uh, <laughs> respect your grandma, I guess, but... Uh, well, everyone respects my grandma. I'm... I'm just, I'm afraid of your grandma by extension. I've never met your grandma, but I'm afraid of her by she's, extension. She's dead. So, oh. <laughs> she's well, she can alive. haunt. Well, she can haunt me then. That's. Yeah. My grandma's the type of woman that, like, she was really nice until she wasn't. Which has been used to I think describe, I know, I think I know somebody like that, actually. She's me, actually. She was really nice until you crossed her. She's the type of person. She, like, was very active in, like, she's Catholic, very active in the church and everything. Um, and there's this long-standing feud that she had with uh, Father um, Father Dave, I think. I was like, this isn't a famous, like, unless it's, like, a pope or something. No, it's I'm a not long-standing okay. feud with Father Dave. Father Dave, I don't, I can't remember that's his actual name, but we're calling Father Dave for now. He went up to Springfield where my brother went to school and my went to college and he, my brother went to church up there and he saw Father Dave and he's like oh yeah I'm uh, Aggie Simon's grandson and he goes oh <laughs> well <laughs> remember yeah, her it's on. been 10 she died in 2004 2000 no 2001 she died in 2001 December of 2001 it's been like 15, 16 years 16 years and he still remembers her <laughs> It's hard to forget a Simon. Yeah, it really is. So. <laughs> as much as we try, as much as like therapy may be needed for it, it's you're a very memorable lot. Yes, she's the Jack Daniels drinking out of a coffee cup, Notre Dame watching. She always had her toenails painted bright red. For Notre Dame? Or? No, she just okay. always did. Red was for your toenails. That was always what she said. And she would always get Ritz crackers and put like squeeze cheese, and she would always draw Pooh Bear on mine. Okay, well... Good and, woman. Anyway, that's why I like Notre Dame. Well, anyway, um, I did watch Sunday's game. I've tried to repress certain things about that. I didn't watch most of that. I was at my mom's, and she got rid of all of her 
like cable. So, so all we have, I watched. We talked about this last episode too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just want to stress this in case my mom's not listening, but if she ever is, she's ruining my life with this. Why isn't your mom listening? Instead, I had to watch CMT. So I watched a movie with Deborah Messing in it where she hires an escort to go to a wedding, uh, the wedding date. I watched the wedding date instead of baseball. Those classic country music movies. Yeah. It was supposed to be a comedy. It was alright, actually. I like Deborah Messing, but still. I have absolutely no opinion on Deborah Messing whatsoever, so... Anyway, the, uh, I didn't see the game. There was a bit of a, a questionable bull, bullpen move, less in terms of making the move or not making the move, but rather the move, the specific move, which was bringing Sungwano into the game. Yeah. Which... Um, he looked bad out there. It's hard to say because, like, if you look at Sung Wano's numbers for the season, like, they're not nearly as good as they were last year, and they're certainly not otherworldly, but you wouldn't think based on them that he would make you quite as nervous as he does. It's because he gives up a lot of home runs. Yeah, they're pretty... Uh, <laughs> and, like, the reasonable person in us can see that and say, well, the home run rate is not going to stay this high, and it's probably not, but... It shouldn't, but yeah. here we are. Lo- it, there's not a lot of time for it to regress, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> The loud fly balls are not looking uh, super great, but that's pretty much how the... Uh, things were looking so good this week, too, and then the last two games were really disheartening. It was inevitable they were going to eventually lose a game. They weren't going to just go on a like undefeated run forever. Right. But I would have rather they did. Just think of it this way. So they swept, they swept the Reds. And they took one of three against the Pirates. So just think that they took two of three against the Reds and two of three against the Pirates. Yeah, and, and like that sounds better, but at the yeah. same time, it they need to be better than that. Like, yeah, you need to go even beyond that level. Right. But Which that's what, yeah. that's okay. That's that's the mess they've made. If they'd been better earlier in the season, they could you know get by with winning two thirds of their games very easily. But. It's not quite how it worked, and as it stands right now, it's looking like my preseason prediction that you've mocked me for all season of the Cubs winning the division is going to come through. I don't think I've ever mocked you, but... You, 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 you definitely can, you have. Can, you can definitely play the victim here, John. Okay, whatever. whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring Alex back. Alex doesn't even write for VB anymore. We'll bring him back for a, a season recap podcast yeah. and, have, and have the two of you... Um, take turns apologizing to me for criticizing my pick of the Cubs to win the National League Central. At this point, I was too optimistic on the Cardinals because I had the Cardinals finishing in second. I think I had the Brewers finish- I think we all had the Brewers finishing fourth, too. So we really dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. Well, the Pirates dropped the ball. It's not yeah. our fault. Well, what's weird, though, is if you look at the like underlying numbers behind the teams that are in wildcard contention. Like, the Cardinals have underachieved a little bit, but also, like, the Rockies have massively overachieved. Yeah. Like, I'm not that worried long-term about the Rockies, which it seems silly to worry about any team in a different division just because, like, who knows? And you don't want to bank on that wildcard spot. But, like, my main concern going into this offseason, as far as the way to get the Cardinals actually into at least a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. It's not about keeping up with the Rockies. It's about just improving your team enough so that if a team like the Rockies, who has you know some level of talent, but not enough that they're going to be able to just overpower people, but they're going to need luck. Like, someone's going to get lucky. Someone always gets lucky. And maybe mm-hmm. it'll be the Cardinals, but you don't want to bank on being that team. Because the odds that you're going to be the most lucky team in the NL Central are 1-15, and... 
you know, 2015 happened where the Cardinals got very... I mean, they were they a good... They were good and they got lucky. The Cardinals were a good team. They, they won 100 were, games. They were not a 100-win team, though, right. on paper. They were, you don't lock into 100 wins. You, well, don't, you don't lock into, like, 20 you, extra wins. You don't lock into 100 wins, but you lock into the, you know, 8 to 10 extra wins beyond what they probably deserved. Yeah. I can, but, I can get to that. As it stands right now, though... So, we're recording this on Monday night, just before the Cardinals and Cubs game begins. We'll probably end up, by the end of the episode, have the game going on. So, maybe we'll update the score for those of you who are looking for score updates (laughs) during a game. But, anyway, though, so the Cubs cannot clinch the NL Central tonight because the Brewers are ahead. Their magic number at this point on the Brewers is... is, um, I guess it's two. I don't know how to phrase this because I'm trying to think of it from a Cardinals perspective, but they're not the magic number team per se. Yeah. But if the um, if the Cubs beat the Cardinals tonight, they will not clinch the Central, but they would only need either one more win or a Brewers loss. Basically, the odds are very good that the Cubs are going to clinch at Bush Stadium. The Cubs can even eliminate... Like, basically, if the Cubs win a game at Bush Stadium, it looks pretty likely that that would happen Mm -hmm. and if they win two they would absolutely end up clinching the division but so uh ben zob what am i doing i don't know how to say words uh (laughs) ben zobrist who is of course on the cubs made a uh, comment earlier today saying that the cubs intended to clinch in st louis over the week and which is kind of a weird thing to say i mean of course you intend to clinch in st louis because you'd rather not get swept but it's just it's a weird thing to put emphasis on. Like, who cares where you clinch? Just clinch, yeah. right? But uh, but Tommy Pham took some exception to it. His response was, quote, Better not ask me how I'm doing on the field. I don't want to be his friend now. You know, you say you're going to come here and pop bottles. Don't say hi to me on the field then. This, the, uh, I don't know who first reported the quote, but I'm getting it off of uh, Chris Raby from KMOX's Twitter account. The first reply to it is from... Somebody who does not appear to be a Cardinals or Cubs fan, but just rather a neutral person, whose whose response I think is correct. So shout out to Marty Sel- Marty Sullivan Ten, who I'm sure is listening to the podcast, <laughs> even though he's not a Cardinals fan. And he says, "In fairness, what is Zobra supposed to say? Now we hope we can clinch later next week, <laughs> which is correct. Like right. I, like, but in fairness, well, I mean, I guess Tom, could, yeah. Tom, Tom, Tommy Fam could just say nothing. But in fairness, also like." Yeah, it was a little bit more confrontational than I probably would have done. Much more, the term that I'm stealing from Grant, Grant Brisby is a red ass. Yes. Very, yeah. very much so. Yeah, Tommy Pham seems... Which I'm very, very here for, by the way. I am in general. This is probably not the fight I would have picked if I were him, but it's also not the fight I'm going to pick in, like, you know, rebuking or, what he yeah. says. Like, I don't really care. But, like, I took no exception to what Dobra said, because, again, what's he going to say? And... When it comes to um, when it comes to um, fam's comments, though, I, I guess what I would have said was, "Well, we don't want him to. Yeah, well, that's not the plan." But like from a fan perspective, and I've heard a lot of fans say they don't want to see the Cardinals clinch at at or they don't want to see the Cubs clinch at Bush Stadium. I don't really care. Like, you know, if you work under the assumption that they're going to clinch at some time, then. You know, who cares? It, I, I just do not care if they clinch at Bush Stadium or if they clinch at Wrigley. I don't want them to clinch at Bush only in the sense that I want the Cubs to get swept by the Cardinals. I don't want them to clinch at Bush. I don't want to see them happy. 
It's like seeing. It's like I don't even know. Let's put it this way: Would you would you rather that the Cardinals take three of four and the Cubs clinch at Bush Stadium? Which I don't even know if that's possible. Now that I think about it, whatever. Or would you rather the Cardinals and the Cubs split and the Cubs clinch somewhere else? Like, I don't think that's... Like, I think the only way they... Again, this is all hypothetical. It's just... But, like, you'd rather just the Cardinals win. Like, that's the main motivation, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I also just don't want to see the Cubs celebrating. See, I don't want the Cubs celebrating either, but whether they celebrate in... Nope. You know, St. Get out of St. Louis if you're going to celebrate. Don't do it here. Wow. That's my motto. Somebody's getting very... Yep. Uh, I don't like it. Very I like it. territorial on me. You know what? Because I'm from Illinois. They think they're... The, the, person, from they Il- think, yeah. the person from Illinois is telling me to get out of St. Louis? No, Les. not you. I think the, the... I don't know. I think they're so great from Chicago. Well, then go celebrate in Chicago where it's better. See, I was born in the city of St. Louis. You were not born in the city of St. Louis. I was I, born in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, so go be a Jaguars fan. I might be, actually. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't care about this you argument. Know, you know where the owner of the Jaguars is from? He's from Illinois. Yeah. Is he from yes. Illinois? Shad Khan, yeah. He's St. Louis area, I know. Something like that, right? Yes. So, yeah, okay. why not? I'll, I'll be a Jaguars fan. Sam Bradford's hurt now. There's nothing good in the world. Why not? It's a little harsh, but, you know, I... I can't... I, I don't can't, disagree. I'm just saying it's a little harsh. I can't do this again. I okay. can't go through this again. Okay, so I'm pulling up the... Uh, we probably need to talk about the uh, the Q&A that Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch had with uh, Bill DeWitt Jr. Okay. on Sunday, which was yesterday. And he asked some questions. There were a few standout parts. Um, I guess we can just go over some of the highlights. He had mentioned, you know, with the possibility of, like, protests happening near Bush Stadium... You know, with the Cardinals coming back to town for the uh, the first time since you know protests really, you don't really need to get into that. If, if you know the story, you know it. If you don't mm-hmm. know it, you can find it pretty easily. But you know, controversy over you know if there would be any sort of confrontation between you know fans and protesters or what. And I actually think that Dewitt probably took more accountability for any sort of confrontation than he needed to because he'd sort of you know spoken on the Cardinals as a unifying thing, which I think is a noble thing to do, and I think that they can be. But I also think that, like, I'm not blaming the owner of the Cardinals if some idiot fan starts, you know, reacting violently or starts saying derogatory things towards other people. I'm blaming the person who's doing it. And, you know, certainly if something's being done by the organization to... You know, encourage confrontation, then that's a problem. But I don't know what could possibly be done that would lead to that being the case. Right. So I, I think in this case, I'm willing to kind of give DeWitt a pass. That cannot be said for everything he said in the interview, but on that particular one, I'm going to. So he also made some comments about you know what moves the Cardinals intended to make over this winter and basically said the same things that usually get said, which is, you know, we want to, you know, you know, pursue all the big name players. We want to be in on these players, but it is a little bit weird hearing this compared to when you look at the guys that the Cardinals have finished second on in free agency, like most notably the off season previews to this last one with David Price and Jason Hayward, both by all accounts, 
the Cardinals being the backup plan to the Red Sox or the Cubs, as it turned out to be. So what were your thoughts on, like, do you think, I mean, I guess he's the owner, so it's sort of hard to draw the line between the owner versus, like, the GM and the you know, president and all of those things. Bill DeWitt has always struck me as a baseball guy. He's not just one of those owners that is only interested in making money and doesn't show up at any of the practices and maybe moves the team to Los Angeles the first time he gets the chance. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's just a hypothetical. I'm not, you know. We're not mad. No, I'm just actually I'm laughing. But I'm not anyway, laughing. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you're always I am, laughing. I'm always laughing. Anyway, he seems like a guy that really actually wants to win. And so if he says that he wants to be in on these players that will allow him to win, then I believe him. I mean, he only has so much say in the players they acquire. I mean, I guess he technically has the final say as the owner, but yeah. he also, as much as he likes baseball, he also seems like he's smart enough to know to stay out of yeah. the baseball affairs and let the baseball people take care of it because he wants to win. I'm not quite buying what he's saying, though I'm also not necessarily sure that what he's saying is wrong. So he says these things about wanting to go after these you know big players and talking about the absence of an Albert Pujols or a Matt Holiday in the middle of the order, I don't know that that's necessarily the fix. It certainly can be. I'm not saying that if the Cardinals acquire Giancarlo Stanton, that wouldn't help the team. But the Cardinals, you know, organizationally, for the last dozen years or so, have really, I think, strove to be a team that's not dependent on one individual player, but is built on a lot of good players. The problem with this is sort of exposing itself this year, where the Cardinals don't have a position of obvious, obvious need, and therefore there's not an obvious way to improve. Mm-hmm. Like with the, exam- the example we always mention, whenever the Cardinals had Pete Cosmo as their shortstop and they could add Johnny Peralta and instantly improve dramatically there. The Cardinals don't have that sort of position, but I don't think the overall model is necessarily a bad model. I think right. that you just have to you know, find improvement where you can. And you get consistency out of that model. Yeah. They're in the playoff race in the, with seven games to go. Yeah, and I you don't. Know, it's not a bad spot to be in. I mean, I'd rather win the division and win 117 games and be the best team ever. But yeah, this is fine being a good team for 17 straight years or whatever. And I don't judge the success of the Cardinals based solely on how many championships they win. Like it helps certainly mm-hmm. to win the championships, but you know if Nelson Cruz catches that ball off of David Freeze's bat in the ninth inning in Game 6 of the 2011 World Series, does that mean that the 2011 season was a bust? No. It's a little bit worse. It it doesn't help, but that's not the sole determination to me on success. And Mm -hmm. the idea of having a consistent team, a team that's able to compete every year, that matters to me. And this was something I wrote about last week on VEB, which was just writing that to me, the fact that the Cardinals very rarely play games that absolutely do not matter, that matters to me. The idea that they don't have to just spend an entire month of games that are hopeless. They don't have like a Braves-Met situation where the game just is completely irrelevant and the mm-hmm. result doesn't matter. But he seems to be sort of speaking towards people who want more aggressive moves. Which I'm not saying the people who want more aggressive moves are wrong. I'm just saying that I don't think that DeWitt's necessarily catering towards that. Which, you know, take that for what you will. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But he also mentioned that he felt like if you were going to make an aggressive move, you'd have to give up a guy like Alex Reyes or Luke Weaver. And I like watching those guys play, too. Right, so. so. <laughs> yeah, fair there, enough, fair enough. There is no perfect situation here. Like, you're going to be disappointed in some regard or another. 
but the whenever he made comments about like the Mike Leak trade, I thought that was a very I thought at the time it was strange. I think it's strange now. I think that his results are Mike Leak's results in Seattle are a bit of an aberration. I don't think he's actually as good as his numbers suggest, but they still basically amounts to a salary dump. And if mm-hmm. they don't spend that salary in the offseason, there are going to be questions and there should be. Yeah. The big highlight, I think, was whenever he was asked about Mike Matheny and the exact quote from Bill DeWitt Jr. Okay, so the question that Derek Gould asked, and this was a follow-up question, and you still think he, referring to Matheny, is the right guy for a changed team as it got younger, which was referring to the fact that there were so many guys who were called up during the season. And DeWitt's quote was, I do. I think he's the right guy to lead us into the future. Guys, Mike Matheny's not getting fired. This all, like, unless, yeah. unless something dramatically out of left field behaviorally comes up, he's not getting traded. <laughs> like he it's is. A pun. <laughs> yes, it is. A, it is a pun. <laughs> unless something comes out of the dugout, nothing's going. To, like he's going to be the manager, and you can't trade him to the Mets. The Mets apparently want a Mike Matheny type, though. Which we've always stuff like that makes me wonder. Like, do we not know everything about Matheny? Is there something we're missing? It's so tricky to evaluate managers because, like, for instance, like, I was thinking about this. In, like, college sports, for instance, there is a very clear hierarchy of the haves and have-nots. If a coach is, like, the head football coach at, like, Duke or a place that's historically not very good at football and they go 8-4, and four, that's considered a really good season. They get an extension. If a coach goes 8-4 and four at, say, Notre Dame or Alabama or Michigan, then there are people calling for their job. Mm-hmm. But and with baseball... It's sort of it, baseball exists to a degree because you know the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox team that spends a lot of money. You're expecting a higher thing than if you're a small market team. Than if you're you know a team like uh, the Brewers or the Twins or somebody that doesn't have a very high payroll. With the Cardinals, they don't have a crazy high payroll. It's a little bit above average, but not astronomical. But there's also such a, a track record of winning. My view with Matheny is that you always have to sort of view, you know, the context of what he inherited, which was a really good organization with a lot of good prospects and a really good major league team. And if the team all of a sudden sort of regroups, you have to, and, you know, goes on to the same sort of success they were having under the last few years of La Russa, then you have to give credit to the organization, whether it's Matheny or, um, you know, Mazalak or Gersh or whomever. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I question a lot about Mike Matheny. I understand a hesitance to fire a guy after he has yet another winning season, which the Cardinals are currently 81 wins, so they haven't clinched a winning season, but they, you know, one more win, they clinch it. I understand the hesitance to fire a guy like that, because how do you explain to the next guy, hey, this is the expectation. If you don't win 90 games right off the bat, we're going to run you out of town. But at the same time, I don't know just how hot his seat is. If you listen to, like, for instance, whenever Joe Sheehan makes his rankings of managers and he ranks Mike Matheny dead last, do the Cardinals view Matheny as a liability that they're just sort of barely keeping on, or do they view him as the heart and soul of the organization? It's probably somewhere in between, because it usually is, but it's hard to say for sure. So I think now we're ready to take a, uh, a quick break, because... We're going to have uh, some trivia. We still don't know exactly how much trivia we're having, but we'll uh, we'll regroup. And you guys won't even know that there was a break. Yeah. But trust us, there was a break. <laughs> and it was breaky. Breaky. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Let's go with it.
So welcome back to our uh, trivia portion. A lot's happened since we, we've all we've grown as people. The Cardinals have grown an enormous deficit in this game against the Cubs, and all things are bad in the world. But we're going to go ahead and do some Cardinals trivia. And longtime listeners, of course, are aware that usually when we do trivia, it's because I came up with a trivia question and want to torture Heather. However, <laughs> Heather, would you like to take over the mic? Yes. Okay. So I've invited some of my friends here. As well as me. As well as John to participate in this trivia. So what I have are two pictures in my hands. And one is of Winston Churchill. The other is of Mike Matheny. And I'm just going to... I don't think that's actually a picture of Winston Churchill. Uh, It's close enough and it's funny. So you're going to have to go with it. It's Winston Churchill. It's in color. Whatever. It can be... Anyway, just take one and pass it around. One of each. Okay. So there are a total of uh, four contestants, including myself. Yes. And I'll keep track of your points. So, because we've been talking about Matheny statements... Um, oh, no. I have a game. I have 15 different quotes on this piece of paper. And you are going to say whether it was a Mike Matheny quote or a Winston Churchill quote. <laughs> if, if you can hear feigned um, <laughs> laughter in the background, one of the contestants is very excited, and I'm the only one so of the contestants that's actually sitting by the microphone. So. John, yay, Gabe. So, Gabe, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, at the STO Fan 4 You can come over to the microphone if you want for this. I'm good. Gabe is... <laughs> He says he's good. Gabe's on Twitter, at the STL Cards Fan 4. He's also a recapper for Viva Alberta. I was going to mention that, yes. And then we have Notorious VEB Commenter. Do you want to say your Twitter handle or VEB name? Or Okay, we just have, we have Fang here. <laughs> he's a former podcast guest. Yes, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, and then we have, what should I call you? Whatever you desire. Do you want your Twitter handle? Guys, announced? come to the microphone. No, no, you don't have to. I can say it, but... Brave soldier here. Yes, so... Uh, I'm Jason. This is Jason. <laughs> so these are our participants. We have John, Gabe, Fang, and Jason. And I'm going to keep score of this for you. We called Fang by his name on the last time he was on. It's more fun to call him Fang. So yeah, so the, some of these are pretty easy. Um... You guys should get most of these, I would think. But some are kind of trickier than others. Uh, the, I've taken the Matheny quotes from his book, The Matheny Manifesto, uh, A Young Manager's Old School Views on Success in Sports and Life, which I have read for research. I read the first like chapter of it, then I realized that it was just about how to coach Little League. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and then a lot of these, so they've been attributed to Winston Churchill, some of these are Mike Matheny quotes that I bet he got from someone else, but they're attributed to him. So I got these just in various locations. You'll have to take my word for it. You can challenge me if this is some of the things I say are not correct. This is just what the internet told me. And then I color-coded them on this paper, but I'm going to read them in random order. So you're like, don't if you see the colors on here, don't know anything. So, and, and this is a part that obviously people who are listening along aren't going to care about because there's not a visual component, but are we just supposed to, like, lift up, the, like, the picture? Yes, or? lift up the picture of the person you think that said the quote. I'll kind of quickly read it off, and then um, then I'll record. You can keep score, yeah. Yeah, I'll keep score, and I'll tell you. Okay, so, the first quote. <clears throat> this is a longer quote. If you want to teach a kid a life skill, teach him reality. Give him a picture of what the world will throw his way. Even the rich and famous have their share of heartache and loss, 
People go broke. People get sick. Loved ones die. There are setbacks, cutbacks, rollbacks, buyouts, layoffs, bankruptcies. It is, fair to, is it fair to reward a kid for everything he does until he's 18, filling his room with trophies regardless how he performs, then find him shocked the first time he fails a course or loses a girlfriend or gets fired from a job? It's an entire book you're reading off. That's <laughs> no, that's the whole quote. I thought I would start off with kind of a softball one. Okay, so everyone said Mike Matheny, and you're right. That is a quote from his book, The Matheny Manifesto. So I feel like Chur- Churchill would have sworn at least two or three times in the middle of a quote that long. Okay, number two. Nothing worth doing right is easy. Is that Winston Churchill or is that Mike Matheny? What? You guys all said Winston Churchill. You're wrong. That is a Mike Matheny quote. Nothing, that feels like a Not, very quote. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. But sure. That's why I guess Churchill. Yeah, it's not attributed to Churchill. <laughs> Maybe this is like the office thing with the 100% of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott thing. There, there actually is one in here, and I will point it out to you when I get to it. Um, that... Oh, wait, I didn't put it... I didn't put it on here, but... There is a quote that Mike Matheny wrote in his book and attributed it to John Wooden, but then I found it attributed to Winston Churchill, and I was going to note that, but I don't remember, I didn't put it on here, because I thought it would be too confusing, but I was going to point that out, but I didn't. It was probably actually said by, like, Socrates or something, and then (laughs) it was just stolen throughout the years. Okay, you ready? Here's the third one. I may be drunk, miss, but in the morning I will be sober and you will still be yeah. ugly. <laughs> That's yeah. Winston Churchill. Okay. Noted alcoholic Mike Matheny was really a <laughs> contender for that one. So I wanted to put some easy ones in here, and that one always makes me laugh. Um, okay. We've been given the rare privilege and heavy responsibility of influencing young people on a daily basis, for better or for worse, for the rest of our lives. Yes, that is Mike Matheny, also from the Matheny Manifesto. So you guys are all tied. You guys are doing really good. Well, so far we've all guessed the same thing for everyone. Yeah, try not to cheat. Oh, I'm not cheating. Well, I mean, like, try not to look at what other people are saying. Okay. Number five. Continuous effort, not strength or intelligence, is the key to unlocking our potential. Is that Winston Churchill or Mike Matheny? That is Winston Churchill. So Gabe was the only one that said Churchill. Yeah, that was a tricky one. That's what I... I had to put some tricky ones in there, because otherwise, what's the point of this game? Okay. To make us all look smart and good. (laughs) Number six. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. That was Winston Churchill. So this time it's everyone but Gabe. All right. Now it's tied up again. All tied. Okay. Roll tied. Number seven. Character is forged not on the mountaintop, but in the valley. Winston Churchill or Mike Matheny? That is Mike Matheny, and everyone said Winston Churchill. Who says the word forged? I know, right? There's <laughs> pretty much if there's any big word in there, I'm like, ah, oh, it's got to be Winston Churchill. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, number eight. I can't wait to hear how much of other people that aren't me or Heather picks up on this. <laughs> I believe that the time to start thinking about your legacy is not at the end, but at the beginning. Because, as I said, that's when you're able to do something about it. It was Mike Matheny. 
So, so, so Jason, yeah. Jason's got five. Everyone else has four. So Jason said Matheny. Everybody else said Churchill. Yes. Because Jason really. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Only one more text. Number nine. Courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. Winston Churchill or Mike Matheny? It was Winston Churchill! So, Jason and John... Were correct. Were correct. Gabe and Fang were not. So, Jason, you still maintain a one-point lead over John. So, do I have a one-point lead over everybody else? Yes. So, John, you have five, Jason has six, and then Gabe and Fang have four. Okay, number ten. If you are going through hell, keep going. Winston Churchill! You're all correct. I can't imagine Mike Matheny actually saying the word hell. That's why I went with... Well, in a religious context, talking about the place, I can see exactly. Yeah, I don't think it was literally talking about, like, the journey of the soul or anything, but... Hey, I got it right, so sure. Yes. Well, we all I, got it I right. that's kind of a famous Winston Churchill quote, but maybe not. Number 11. <laughs> never, never, never give in. John is right. It is Winston Churchill. Okay. I thought we only had two nevers. <laughs> never, never, never. Nope, three. Okay, so John, you have seven points. Jason has seven points. <clears throat> and Gabe and Fang have five. And there are one, two, three, four questions left. So in a way, it's like Jason and I are the Chicago Cubs, and the other two are the Milwaukee Brewers or St. Louis Cardinals. You could you could make it. There are there are some some chances in here. So more like we're the Rockies. Okay, number twelve. Attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. Winston Churchill or Mike Matheny. That is Winston Churchill. Oh, Nobody I, got it right. I, Came so close to saying Churchill. Out of... It's like, hey, you missed like six in a row. <laughs> okay, number 13. There's honor in soldiering on when you feel like giving up and giving in. Then there's wisdom to know when your health and very life are at stake. It is Mike Matheny, Jason and Fang. So Jason's ahead of me now? Yes, Jason has eight, you have seven, Fang has... Six and Gabe has five, and we are on number fourteen. That was also the last quote was from his book, The Matheny Manifesto. Okay, when people are offended and they feel that their rights are being infringed upon, in this country we have a voice. It was Mike Matheny. Yep, he actually just said that in regards. Yeah, in regards to the. uh, yeah, anthem protests. Yeah. So yeah, everyone but saying about that. I feel like only Americans cite in this country, so that was my logic Near there. Clue, yeah. Chris Warren yeah. heard most of that quote yesterday. So. Yeah, Jenna Lamgosh from MLB.com reported that quote. Number 15. Everyone has his day, and some days last longer than others. That's right, it was Winston Churchill! Okay, so... The final scores are Jason with 10 of 15 is the winner. And then we have John coming in second with 9 of 15. Fang in third with 7 of 15. And Gabe 
in third with seven of 15. So good job, guys. That was, that was a good question. I hope. Uh, yeah, wasn't that surprisingly difficult, actually? <laughs> Once, I like the picture of Winston Yes. He appears to be giving us the finger. He's not exactly, but I think he is. I think it's somebody playing him in a movie. Yeah. yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. And the picture of Matheny is the I one where the he looks... Sign. I was trying to get the ones of him giving the peace sign, but they were too small. But yeah, the picture of Matheny is the one where he's... He looks very handsome in that picture, I it's have to say. The, the one that everyone uses for memes, I feel like. Where they're like... Maybe. Hey girl? The hey girl memes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, hey, the, the hey girl Mike Matheny memes in case that didn't pick up. But yes, um, so congratulations to uh, Jason on his victory. Mm-hmm. We're about to uh, close up shop here on the old Viva Alberto's podcast. <laughs> Looks like the uh, broadcast is currently interviewing the guy who spilled nachos on himself <laughs> earlier in the game because that's how you know the season's going awesome when they're interviewing <laughs> a fan who spilled nachos on himself. <laughs> but um, before Heather and I sign off, would anybody who was a um, a guest playing trivia like to say anything? Since whatever you've said, and if, you, if you're going to say something, please get up and say something. All right, no one's getting up. So uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm, I'm reading this interview. <laughs> all right, so uh, Heather, do you have anything you want to say? Any uh, promotions you would like to do for uh, your work? Sure. You can read my writing at Viva Alberto's Monday through Friday at 12 noon. And follow me on Twitter at LIL underscore Scooter 93. Sounds like a worthwhile thing. I will do that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JohnJF125. Follow Viva Alberto's on Twitter at Viva Alberto's. Facebook.com slash Viva Alberto's. Check out the uh, podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else you can find podcasts, except for SoundCloud for some reason. But other places, though, they're there. Um, I write on the website of vivalbertos.com Tuesdays and Thursdays, typically. But you should check out the website every day. And, yeah, that's pretty much the extent of what I have. We're going to go to about 50 minutes here. So this may not get uh, my friend Mark across the transatlantic flight, but it'll get get you part of the way, buddy. So we got this. All right. Bye.